Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Christ is making an impact on your workplace. And so really, Tom, what I always like to do as I start up each and every show is just hear how Christ is making an impact on your life. So let's start there. Tom, how's Christ making an impact on your life? Uh, well, first, thanks, Jim, for bringing me on to the show. And don't make a joke about uh, break a leg on this show, because I already did that, as you can see. Uh, but actually, uh, Christ has made a huge difference in my life. I'll tell you what. Um, I came to Christ in 1979, and um, what I've felt in, in, in my years since Christ is this joy, this inner explosion of gratefulness, knowing what Christ did for me. And right now, I tell you what, seeing Him working through me again, because I had a time in my life where I kind of crashed and burned, and just seeing Him working with me, through me, and seeing what He can do, the path of miracles that can only be attributed to Jesus Christ, I'm just in awe. It's just an amazing life with Him. How did you end up in electric work? I mean, you're doing electric work. You've got a famous, big reputation here in Pinellas County, maybe all over Tampa Bay. I don't know that part about you. But how did you end up being, you know, where did Beckwith, Beckwith Electric come from? Well, actually, uh, my dad gave me a choice, uh, go to the college he went to and the program he went to, or I'll pay for it myself. Uh, so I became an electrical engineer. And uh, back in 1967, he founded a company. Uh, he brought me back to work for him, and uh, it's a long time ago. It doesn't. It seems like yesterday, but in a lot of ways, it's a long time ago. And so I'm an electrical engineer, and uh, we've got this company today that uh, we design and make 
electronic uh, protection and control equipment for the electric power industry. So that's what we do. It's a, it's a good industry to work for, and we've got, we've got good folks to work with in the power industry. All right, so let's talk specifically about your battle, because you've really been battling with, the, uh, with Obamacare, and it's really its penalty on your small business. Talk a little bit about the battle, about the challenges that you're having. Well, you know, the government always puts good things and bad things uh, in front of or or helping business. And in this case, uh, you know, the whole thing about insurance was uh, a lot of studying we had to do to figure out what it was all about. I started looking into it in 2013. Now, let me just preface that with saying that my company always, my dad and now me, we provide excellent insurance for our employees, uh, health, pharmaceutical, dental, vision, Life insurance, long-term disability, short-term disability, long-term care, just, and I haven't even probably mentioned all of them, and every employee gets this equally. And as, and as far as uh, women's reproductive health, we have, we've always provided uh, uh, women's uh, preventive contraception, and that's where this big issue came in. As I started to study uh, newsletters I got from, I think it was Family Research Council in 2012, I said, what are these abortifacients? And I, I could tell by the word it didn't sound good because I am absolutely against abortion. My uh, my firstborn son, Joshua, almost wasn't a decision I made before in Christ. And that decision could have been to take his life through abortion. And he has been a blessing to me all my life. So when I finally learned that we were going to be forced to provide what they call emergency contraceptives, which is deceitful because they destroy innocent human life. I am an engineer. I've researched it. I've looked actually on the, the government uh, Department of uh, Health and Human Services website. I've seen the definition. They actually destroy humans, human life after conception. I said, there's no way I'm going to do that to my Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, that's where it all started. That's where it all started. I've been fighting it ever since. But this has been, and so it's been a huge battle. I mean, you have been, I mean, you had to make a choice. You were going to either put your faith in Christ first, or you were just going to give in to the government, because the government was telling you to do something in your, in your business, and so you had to make a compromise or stand up. And it's, now this, you've taken this battle to the courts, haven't you? Yeah, well, actually, I have. You're absolutely right. Um, the first battle was actually against my insurance company because I found out that in mid-plan year, the insurance company, uh, in violation of a contract we'd had for years, uh, excluding, specifically excluding abortifacients. In fact, in their contract, they divided, defined it as drugs used to induce abortions. That's from their contract. That was from the Humana contract, not my words, theirs. And they added these abortifacients in mid-contract year against my contract 10 months before the government would have forced me to, and uh, without my knowledge. And so I had a first fight with them, and God bless Jeff Atwater and his people. He's over the Office of Insurance Regulation, and I finally got him into the fight. He, he, he wanted to get into the fight, and he finally got his insurance commissioner to issue an order uh, to Humana that they were to remove those pills immediately from my insurance. And the reason why this was vitally important was, besides the fact that I didn't want them on my insurance, uh, three weeks after we finally got them off the insurance, I was going to go before the uh, U.S. District Court in Tampa to fight against this government mandate that would force me to. As a matter of fact, I was actually a few weeks into the mandate. And the, the fines for me would have been $6 million for my company per, per year. Wow. Per year. 
and so this is not a, it would it would ruin my company if they if they had won and they could still win because of the change in the rules they're trying to do. But I fought. I I I got an attorney, one of these pro bono law agencies. Mine was the Thomas Moore Law Center in uh, in Michigan. Wonderful people. God bless them. They took this case uh, pro bono, and um, they take contributions, of course, which uh, I've done. And uh, what we did is we went and and went in front of the Supreme Court, and and uh, what the judge did uh, is ruled in my favor. She wrote a milestone. Uh, ruling, one of the, the most uh, conclusive in, in the in the country, and I got a preliminary injunction against doing this, and that so that was my first court battle, and uh, that so, was God's success. What's the reaction then of your employees as they know you're fighting uh, against really a government mandate against this law? What is, how have your employees been responding? Because they, they know you're a Christ follower, but how have they? Have you been getting some some Push back from your employees, or do they appreciate the fight that you're fighting? Well, that, that's kind of funny. Yeah, they actually, when I, when that, my dad let me take over the company, I made the first announcement that uh, we were in trouble back then, and I, I got the company right at the bottom. And I just told everybody, I said, you know, God is with us who can be against us, and I'm going to pray to God. I know you all don't, not all of you do, but I'll tell you what, if I don't praise God for what he's going to do with this company, the rocks are cry out. The last thing we need around here is a, a bunch of crying rocks. So uh, they kind of laughed at that. So they know I love the Lord. I enjoy, I enjoy living for Him. And um, when this came up, I announced it to the co- to the employees exactly what was happening, and what the fines would be. And it's funny because you know this one lady came up. She was dragging this guy, old, older guy from from the manufacturing, and she was uh, kind of older herself. Uh, we got employees have been there a lot of years, and she drug him up. And she says, "Now, obviously, he doesn't. Need, he don't need these pills." And I certainly don't need them. I'm past the age. So they're not going to count us for this fine. And I said, yes, ma'am, they will. And she walked away and said, that's not fair. And Because uh, I had positioned that uh, <clears throat> women can do what they want to do. But when it comes to, to murder innocent human life, I, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to pay for it, and I'm not going to provide it. Oh, well, I appreciate that fight. That's awesome. Okay, so... When, when you look at, let, let's just take a step back from this. So where are you at in this battle? I mean, you've gotten them to remove it from the policy at this point in time, or are you still fighting? Or have, they, have they given in to you yet, or are you still fighting? Excuse me. Well, that's um, what happened is that they, um, the court case I won in Tampa gave me a preliminary injunction, which, which meant I did not have to do it, but it's a prelim, preliminary temporary injunction. Now, as time went on, that federal government was going to appeal this injunction. They were going to go to a court in Atlanta where they had to sit with three judges that would decide upon the government's appeal. The, the government obviously didn't like the fact that I I, I was uh, uh, prevented from having to do this, and uh, so they're going to fight it. And then we found out about the Hobby Lobby Conestoga Wood Products, they were wood specialties, was going to go before the Supreme Court, and we figured, well, the government would just back off. Well, they didn't. They still wanted to go after it even knowing that their Supreme Court was coming up, they would decide this issue in the Supreme Court. Well, I was starting to prepare for that, and, and thank God these three judges up there in Atlanta said, oh, wait, this is a waste of time, so they put a stay on it. All right, so listen, we've been talking with Tom Beckwith with Beckwith Electric about the effect of Obamacare on small and medium-sized businesses and also on specifically Beckwith Electric. Tom, I want to welcome you back to the I Work For Him show.
Hey, thanks very much. So let's talk. You said that at this point in time, the, the uh, Supreme Court has issued a stay, I think is what you said right before we went to break the state. They issued a stay, but you're still fighting the battle. Well, that was the, uh, the district court in Miami in my case. Uh, the government uh, wanted to appeal it. And so this, this, uh, this, I'm sorry, this district court in Atlanta, this district court in Atlanta was going to rule on the government's appeal of my injunction. Well, they put a stay on it because of the Supreme Court. Now, as we were all waiting for the Supreme Court, we figured, well, this is it. This is the final battle. And the Supreme Court ruled narrowly 5-4 in our favor and that uh, we, were, uh, we were not going to have to uh, adhere to this mandate to provide these abortion drugs in our insurance policies. But then something interesting happened, and I've been kind of seeing the clouds of this kind of form up. The government changed the rules. They moved the goalposts. And right after the Supreme Court decision, they said, well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Beckwith, um, we the government, if you just sign this little waiver giving us permission, we the government will provide these abortion drugs through your insurance policy to your employees. And I'm thinking, what's the difference? The result is still the same, and I ain't going to sign a waiver for the government to do this. But the fines I found out would still be the same based on my employees, about $6 million a year for not signing the stinking form. So first they wanted it as part of your policy. Then they, then they said they tried to backdoor you a little bit and say, okay, hey, just sign this form, and instead of you paying to provide it, we'll provide them for free. Why is it that they're pushing these abortion pills, these morning-after pills, all these other things? Why is it they're pushing this so much? What have you learned about why that abortion industry is, and why, what's pushing all of this? For a small business guy to have to fight it. Let's just face it. We know there's a side of our government that wants to promote the wants to promote Satan's agenda. I mean, murdering babies to me is Satan's Satan's agenda. For those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we don't want to be involved in that. So, quite honestly, they they don't. They, they, our government's already making us pay for it with our taxes. Okay, render to Caesar what Caesar's. Caesar did a lot of bad things. Pay your taxes anyway. I fight. I do that. But this is getting me in my face, personally involved in this travesty, and I and I, that's that's what they want to do. They want to they want to put this issue in my face and make me be an accomplice to murder in this. And that is a pathetic part of this whole drive. Yeah, that's it. Seems unbelievable. And you've had to spend a lot of hard earned money in order to fight this battle. Well, we'll just have to keep it in, in, in our prayers, and we'll also just really have to focus on, um, you know, we want an update. When, when you get to the next level, I want to hear, because you're not the only small business owner that is fighting this. There's thousands, in fact, probably tens of thousands across the country that are fighting uh, Obamacare and all the stuff that is forcing on them, but there's, but there's a lot of people that have no money in order to be able to fight this, and so you're really representing really hundreds of thousands of people around the country with your battle. Isn't that true? Yeah, well, thank God there are pro bono law agencies. There's the Beckett Fund. There's Alliance Defending Freedom. There's the Thomas More Law Center. There's Liberty Liberty Council, which is part of Liberty University. There are a number of excellent pro bono law firms, and God bless these lawyers who've gone out in the battlefield to fight because the fight's in the courts. Uh, with the, the fight should be with our government, and the fight should be in a legal way through through Congress. But as a result of uh, the mandates that are coming out of the executive branch, we have to go to court. The fights are in the courts, too, and the judges, at the end of the day, have, thank God, they've ruled 
predominantly in favor of this cause that we're in, not to have to provide, pay for, uh, be complicit with the provision of uh, abortion-inducing drugs. All right, so let's switch gears just a little bit. I want to hear from you as a Christian business owner. How have you allowed your faith to impact how you do business each and every day? Let's just start with how has your faith in Jesus Christ affected how you um, really treat your employees? How, how has that impacted there? Well, I um, I got a servant's heart because our, our Lord has a servant's heart. Um, I've learned uh, I've learned actually forgiveness. Um, because I was forgiven a lot, a lot. I learned to apologize and be humble. I'm not a perfect individual. You ask my wife, yes, my employees, and they'll tell you that. But quite honestly, it's what you do when you when you mess up, and you go back to the people that ask forgiveness. You you humbly listen to people's opinions, and uh, and I think that's and we're all just trying to do the right thing. We don't twist the truth. We search for truth, no spin. Uh, we follow the evidence that's given us to the to us by our Savior, the rock-solid reality. We trust in Him because of the, the evidence that He's given us, so we search, we search for truth in everything we do. We don't try to spin it. Um, his design of, electri- of physics and electronics that we use to make our living is uh, is not something you can spin. It either, you either do it right or you don't. So we have to be following truth and, and, and reality in everything we do. And this is based on initially the rock solid reality, the foundation, the assurance of Jesus Christ. So talk a little bit about the reaction of the employees. As you're hiring people, how how do you hire people differently, or do you hire people differently because you're a Christ follower? Is there a different process that you take them through? Well, no. Actually, I've got people from all faiths, all walks of life, um, all beliefs, they come, they they have their credentials, that we're in electronics engineering, so we have to have professional, high-quality people that really know what they do. And these people come from all walks of life and all persuasions. Uh, you know, this whole LGBT thing that, that's going on, I know, I, I'm sure I probably got L's and G's and B's. I, I haven't seen any T's yet, but, and quite honestly, I love my employees. They are doing, they work fine for me, and uh, but they're not trying to push anything in my face and that's you know i'm not trying to push anything in their face but we do we do share i'd share christ with them when i can anytime i can and uh we have uh corporate chaplains of america that come in now the guy who's the president of my company is uh is hindu dr martiala a tremendous man and uh, he's a great wise uh, president of my company and he and others listen to the to the presentation of uh, the c uh, the um Corporate chaplains of America, we decided this is one area where our employees' safety. We can't talk with them about a lot of things, and they don't want us to, and we don't want to. This is the separation between us and the employees, and uh, but yet they have these problems that just really beset them. And uh, even with all the insurance and taking care of all that, that's one part of their life. But we, we thought that if corporate chaplains of America would come in, we could provide a, a listening ear, a, a willing heart, I mean, this guy goes to hospitals and jails and weddings and funerals, and, and he's on call 24-7, and, uh, and employees love it. So, you know, this is, this is what we do, and uh, we, don't, we don't push the Lord on them, but, you know, given the reason for the hope that's within us, we sure do. And I think they okay. enjoy it. So tell me how your faith in Christ impacts your relationships with your vendors, because it should impact everything we're doing with the business. So how does it impact how you treat your vendors? 
Well, um, we uh, we pay our bills on time. We try to take the uh, the trade discounts when we can, and uh, and and that's how we treat the vendors, our customers. Actually, there's something online that I wrote way back in about 1980 something, about 30 years ago, and uh, this is on my website. It says those who are in this world believe the only way to get ahead is to look out for number one. First, God's word says not so. We're humbly to serve others first. We're to treat the other guy like we want to be treated. We're to consider his welfare above our loan. None of us meet this goals to perfection. But these aren't our goals. We don't meet them at all. So I and I go on to say a business subject to the Lord can't fail. He won't let it. He promises God to give it and give it to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, pulled in, poured into your lap. And uh, so I finish it. When we regard a customer's needs more highly than our own and act accordingly, then God blesses the business more abundantly than we could ever imagine. If we look out only for a number one, that's exactly how many we got on our side. When we care for <laughs> others first to the glory of God, we have all the creation power of the universe on our side. So mm, that's, that's powerful. Right, so in our, in our last couple of minutes before we go, uh, I really want people just to hear from you on just your heart in this battle. Have you gotten discouraged in the battle against the government? Is it something that's just been, I mean, how are you doing? I mean, are you discouraged or are you, are you, are you hopeful? You know, I'll tell you, when you see what the Lord does, when you actually get into this thing and you, you, you see you're backed up to a cliff and he says, step, you know, lean back and you know, it's a thousand feet to your death and the buffaloes are all coming at you and you do. And you feel his hand, and he carries you right where you want to go. You see what he—I mean, it's it's exciting in a way because I could never do this kind of stuff that happened. The thing with the insurance company, with the insurance commissioner, and and with the courts—I don't know any of this stuff. And I'm an—I'm a dumb engineer, and and yet when you, when you, you see what God does. <laughs> Oh, it's it's fantastic. Tom, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Tom Beckwith with Beckwith Electric. Listen, today we're live at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks in Largo, and we're out here celebrating their Jamboree experience, which we talked about yesterday on the radio, creative things that churches do to reach out to their community. So, but we've got with me right here, I've got Chris and Barb Nagy, and they've got a business. Well, I'm going to screw it up now because all my notes are going. Chris's carpet and water restoration. Okay. All right. Chris and Barb, first of all, before we get on the air, or before we start talking, I want to thank you guys for the gift that you gave Martha and I back in September, the opportunity to go and study and get prepared for this fall. You guys were gracious enough to share uh, the gift of your cabin for a week, and I, and I told everybody when we got back in the air, listen, last week I read 12 books up there in the mountains, and it was Awesome. So I just want to thank you guys for being so generous. You really helped out the show because we were moving into four days on the, on the show, or on the uh, uh, four days a week, now five days a week. And so but I want to say thank you to you guys. And that's why I wanted to have you on here today so people can hear all about your incredible company, Chris's Carpet and Water Restoration Company. Okay. So obviously, though, Barb, you're not Chris. So we've, you got your hubby next to you, and, and I know that I, I heard through rumors, Chris, that you didn't want to talk on the radio. You'd rather let Barb talk. But we're going to bring Chris on in a little bit. But, Barb, first, just share with me, how's Christ making an impact on your life today? Oh, he's made a giant impact in my life. Um, my personal relationship with God has influenced every aspect of our lives. God says he will guide us. We just need to ask him and seek him, and he will guide our path. We give thanks every single morning. I'm doing my devotions. You know, I just ask him, what do you have planned for me today, Lord? It might not always go as I have planned, and then I have to reach back up to him and say, okay, I need to get back on track. But 
He guides us. He gives us so many blessings. The blessings of him in our lives, my marriage, our children, our grandchildren, our grandchildren. Work. That's right. Yeah, yeah, grandchildren. Oh. Just recently, didn't you just have a grandchild in California sometime earlier this? this I fall, sure right? did. September thirteenth, Elijah David was born. So he's number six for our family, oh. and we are oh. we are so blessed. I hope my kids are listening. I want at least six grandchildren, maybe eight. That'd be good. So just get, you know, let's get, let's get started. We got our daughter, our foster daughter up in Minnesota and, and our son is married. You know, our daughter is not dating anybody. The other little Sarah is not dating anybody yet, but you know, let's, we'd like to have lots of grandchildren. Yeah. Okay. So, so Bob, you, how long have you been part of the Largo community? Oh my, we've been here probably 49 years, 42 years. My husband corrected me. <laughs> 42, 49, 70 years. It doesn't make a difference at that point. <laughs> All right, so hand the phone to Chris, and let's let's hear from him. Okay. Yeah, I know Chris is just loving me. He's going to throw things at me after the show is over today. So, Chris, what I really want to know today is how is Christ making an impact on your life today? Well, our, um, our company motto is to go above and beyond and to provide the most provocative Phenomenal experience for every client, every time. Uh, our techs live and breathe this, and each one of our techs is also so compassionate when it comes to water losses and to the homeowner that we all want to help them. Our our carpet our carpet cleaning has been our carpet cleaning customer has been with us for years, and we have formed relationships with them. They've we, um, formed relationships with our technicians. And I might add that every one of them that work for us, every one of our technicians that work for us, knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So that's really a, a direct impact of your leadership within the organization. You're hiring good quality people that you can rely on, that you've got to, that have integrity that you know they're going to do what you said that they would do. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. All right, so how many years have you guys been in business? Well, we've been in business here in Pinellas County for 37 years, and we offer on-location carpet, upholstery, tile cleaning, uh, drapery cleaning. We do um, smoke deodorization. We have an implant operation for doing uh, loose area rugs, uh, such as uh, braided and orientals and dories. Uh, we come out, pick them up, clean them, treat them, and return them back to the homeowner. Uh, we clean tile, we clean hardwood. Um, biggest part of our operation is uh, 24-7 emergency response for water damage. Uh, if you have an unexpected problem in your home and your house fills up full of water, you give our company a call, and we try within 90 minutes to have a service technician at your door, even if it's 2 a.m., to uh, assist you and clean up, walk you through the process of um, working with an insurance company to try to get your home and your property back to pretty lost condition. Now, in today's world, and you can pass it back to Bob now because you've done just a fantastic job. In today's world, you know, getting a house recovered from water damage is a, is a big deal, and, and you guys have been doing this for 37 years. You have a lot of competition out there. What sets, what sets your company apart from the competition part? The one thing I can say, and I hear this from adjusters out there, insurance companies out there, is honesty. In this business, you have many companies out there that are just there to try and make 
the almighty dollar. Let's see how we can build this bill. Some adjusters don't even come out to our jobs. They know what type of work we do. We know we're right there doing exactly what we're supposed to do. We, we always um, side on caution. If we aren't sure if it should come out, it stays until we talk to an adjuster. So we're very conservative. Uh, we try to leave the customers home so they can function in it. Even though we have all these blowers and machines in their home, they can still function. So I think that's got to be the one thing that I hear out there from, from the community is honesty. They're a good company. I don't need to come out. Just send me your scope of work. I got to tell you, you know, I was an insurance agent for 23 years, and a lot of times when people had housing damage, this was back up in Minnesota, which, you know, you'd have housing damage when the snow melted, or water damage when the snow melted. You'd have water damage when it rained too much. Uh, you know, sometimes you'd have water damage because the, the fire department came to put out a fire and they used a lot more water. Mm -hmm. you, you see all that stuff. But what was amazing, some of your competition, some of the nationwide groups, they come in, they'd, they'd automatically rip out the carpet. They'd automatically tear off the first six inches of sheetrock on the ground. They'd rip out the the, 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 the uh, pick boards. They, 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 they would just come in and thrash the house, and it, and it may not even have been that bad. Right. And it's, it's a huge thing because people don't understand how valuable their homeowner's insurance is. And so that's really what you're doing. You're trying to keep the claim small enough to protect their homeowner's insurance because homeowners companies hate paying bills. Exactly. You don't know exactly if they're going to be covered. You don't know what the adjuster is going to want you to do or not want you to do. So we just err on the side of caution. And we explain that to the customers. If you can dry drywall, unless it's been compromised with a sewer loss or microbial activity, you can well, we're not talking about We don't talk about sewer loss and microbial on the I Work For Him show. Sorry. <laughs> this is a Christ-centered show. That's really kind of gross. Oh. Okay. Come, oh. come into our world, Jim, and you'll see. <laughs> I don't want to be in your world. That's a rough world. I can't even believe it. So when you guys are out there, you're, you're piling the pavement, but how do you get the word out there? Because, because you've got so much competition, but you've been around 37 years. I don't think any of your competition as far as local companies have been around that long. How do you... How, have you ever struggled maintaining a good reputation, or has it always been as easy as you make it sound? It's really not as easy as I make it sound, because you have all types of people, especially when it comes to water loss. They don't choose us. An emergency happens, and they call a company out. We're perfect cleaning. They do choose you. You know, come out and clean my carpet, my upholstery. You know, everything's great. But this is a emergency, so customers are quite different. Um, so anyway, we just have to approach each and every customer with kit gloves, and next thing you know, they're happy. We calm them down. They might not be happy, but let's put it this way. They feel better. We calm them down. We, we tell them we're going to walk you through this. It's going to be, it's going to be all right when you finish at the, at the end. And they can always contact me 24-7. My phone is attached to me. So in the community out there, our word, the name is spread through that, that word of mouth has got to be the most beneficial we've had over the years. Wow, I can't imagine. You guys are you're just such awesome people. Proverbs 8-6. 
Listen, for I shall speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will produce right things. In business discussions, do you speak first or listen? During business meetings, don't be too quick to speak. Allow the leader to establish the ground rules and give others a chance to express their viewpoints. Use this time to take notes and refine the points you want to make later. Focus on building a logical argument that covers both the pros and cons of the subject. Jot down a short outline and notes to keep organized. Then, when you've fully prepared, jump into the discussion. Confidently cover your points, supporting your position with necessary information. If others disagree, ask them to explain their reasons. Listen to their input and consider your response before you reply. Again, take notes. If you believe their objections are invalid, return the discussion to the facts that support your position. If you're wrong, graciously concede. Follow these rules and your value in meetings will increase. Proverbs 8, 6, Listen, for I shall speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will produce right things. You know, a lot of people, because they haven't gone to church, or they maybe haven't gone to church in a long time, they think when they go back to church, if they walk through the door, lightning may strike them. And that's not at all the case. Of course, we know our Heavenly Father loves them incredibly, but we've got to get them back engaged. And if they can see that people are real, if they can see that people are approachable, then they're going to be they're going to give the church a chance. And when they get involved in church, they've got a chance to hear the truth. And so that's what we're here to do today. We're here celebrating what First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks is doing with their Jamboree experience, but we're also right outside Karis Christian Books and Gifts, and where, where Martha Brangenberg, my incredible wife, has set up her entire store celebrating Christmas, and she's also got her huge sidewalk sale, and she's got all kinds of stuff already marked 50% off of retail, and as the weekend goes, the, the, the supply dwindles, but she also the price goes down. So listen, get out here fast tonight. The ribs are already cooking. The corn fritters are already are, are already boiling and bats of grease and being covered in sugar. So come out to First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. Bring your kids. There's all kinds of great rides. Come on out. Listen, we've got in studio today, which is a remote studio in a hallway in First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. We got Chris and Barb Nagy. And they are sharing their testimony how Christ has made an impact on their business. Barb, welcome back to the I Work for Him show. Thank you. All right, what I wanted to ask was just specifically how you know how does Christ make an impact? How is He making an impact, or how are you using your faith to make an impact on how you treat your customers? What do you do differently than your competition does because of your faith in Jesus? Well, I've gotten complimented many times from my customers on my phone skills. For some reason, when they call, they love to talk to me. They always get into stories. I think that comes from a deep compassion. I think Christ gives you that compassion for other people. And just by talking to them, you do fear the loneliness. You do fear the um, the uh, frustration if, if something's not working out for them. And a lot of times, when they're sounding more. Now, sometimes they might get a little louder than what they should if they're really frustrated. And one thing I've learned to do is just call out the name Jesus, just to myself. I could be talking to a customer who's very frustrated. And if I just calm myself down, because they sometimes can push your button, um, it's amazing. Whispering his name brings you back down, and you can calm that customer down. So I think just, just by having that, that peace within us, and that thing that the technicians doing with everyday pressures and everyday living, working, um, you get things done in a more, I keep using the word compassionate, but that's the only word I can think of, in a more compassionate way. You're not totally trying to put blame or share blame. It, it, let's talk about this. 
We actually had a show a couple of weeks ago with a guy named Ron Johnson who wrote a book, Customer Service and the Imitation of Christ, and he talked about three-way calling and how every conversation we have, we involve the Lord, and that's what you just described. You just described as you're talking to your customers. Sometimes you don't know how to calm them down, and a lot of times they're in a huge panic mode, and so you actually do three-way calling because you invited the Lord into that conversation to give you wisdom on how to help the customers, and that's very, very powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Now, have you ever had a chance to actually share the hope that you have in Christ with a, with a customer? Has that ever come up? In a roundabout way, Jim, um, back five years ago when I had an accident on Christmas Day, uh, sweating, I hit a wall, and they took me to the hospital, and they found that I had a brain tumor. Um, I was able to come back to Florida and see a neurologist to get the brain tumors taken care of. The doctor, I, I'll never forget the compassion in his voice when he discovered I had nine of them. And he took a hold of my arm and he said, I've got to let you know that with this many, your chances of cancer are very high. And if you get brain cancer, it's fatal. Now, I want to tell you, my face really kicked into gear during that whole period. Now, remember, it happened on Christmas Day. I went through the surgery, I went through the recovery, I went through waiting, it seemed like forever, for the pathology, and on Good Friday, I was cleared of any cancer. If that isn't God working in your life, nothing is. And I have shared that story with many customers who, again, knew what I was going through, and so indirectly, I planted the seed of God. Some would say, oh, you're very lucky. No, it wasn't luck. It was God. Coincidence? No, it was God. So by that, by using my testimony of that story, I have reached out to many people. Well, that's very, very powerful. I imagine, Chris, that you, that was a tough time for you. That uh, having your your bride be uh, uh, you know sick like that that was probably really, really tough. Yes, it was a very tough time, and I, I've had the opportunity to use the same story that my wife has and said just how that all happened with um, many of my customers that knew Barbara was going through some kind of difficulty, and they would ask if she's okay, and I would tell them the story about how it happened on Christmas Day, and how we went through this long process, and then on Good Friday, it was told to us that everything was, was, was clear of cancer. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I believe that, you know, it's a God thing there, too. All right, so just one more time, Chris, while I've got you on the, on the phone. Talk about what Chris's carpet service and water restoration does. All the, list that things one more time as we close out the show today. Okay, well, again, you know, uh, we've been in business in Pinellas County for 37 years. Uh, we offer on-location carpet upholstery, drapery cleaning. Uh, we do tile cleaning. We do hardwood floor cleaning, leather upholstery. We have an implant operation for uh, cleaning this area rugs, like braided um, doorways, orientals, where we can come out and pick them up from the customer's home, clean them, dry them, and return them to their premises. Uh, and we also offer 24-7 emergency response for water damage for those unfortunate people that have a, a flood in their home, where we can come out and take care of the, uh, the emergency water removal, and uh, do a structural dry-out form. We'll help them through the process with the insurance and uh, try and get their home back to pre-loss condition. Mm, that's fantastic. Now, how do they find you on the web? 
What's your website? Our website, uh, christmascarpetservice.com. Christmascarpetservice.com. We'll make sure we post that on Facebook tonight, christmascarpetservice.com. Okay, as it comes to the end of another I Work For Him show, tomorrow night we'll be live again at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks, and we'll have all the technical difficulties figured out. We've got Dave Cruz, Luke Andrews, and we've got several of the pastors planning on joining us just to talk about Jamboree, how it's making an impact on the community, and Dave and Luke will also be sharing how Christ can make an impact in their businesses at Cross-Plan Money Management. Listen, the I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace, so I want you to ask yourself, are you a Christ follower? Have you ever come to a place in your life where you've allowed Christ to become the Lord of your life? If you want to know more about becoming a Christ follower, just email me, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.